fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. I'd say he was in a little bit of trouble, right? And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Aren't you grateful that he still hears us, right? Father, thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit anointing our worship and our thanksgiving. Now manifest Jesus for us, I pray, in the mighty name of our, your Son. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now watch this in verse 5. Jonah said, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. Goodness. And that story begins to unfold there. And he goes on to say, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. I'm going to keep my word to you, Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Man, I'll bet he was glad when that moment happened, right? And you see this boy was in a mess. And this is the story. God had instructed his prophet Jonah to travel to the big city, large city, in fact, a city that harassed Israel frequently, to Nineveh to preach and an offer of mercy to the sinners of that great community. And God was about to judge them and punish them for the sins they were committing. And they were going to get an opportunity to turn away from their sins by choice and then blunt the harsh judgment that was about to fall on them because God would give them mercy if they were repentant. In Jonah's response to God, when God said, I need you to go down there and preach a message that they can have an opportunity to prevent the catastrophic events that are going to happen to them if they'll repent. And he said, no, I'm not going to go and preach to them because they might accept your offer and repent. And they don't deserve redemption. They deserve to die. So I'm not going to go down there because they will repent and then you're going to forgive them and show them mercy. That's quite a guy, isn't he? So stubbornly, Jonah heads off in the opposite direction from where God told him to go. So not only is he disobedient to the one who called him, but now he's defiant. Because of his disobedience to the command of the Lord, he's on board this ship heading in the opposite direction, literally opposite direction, and all of a sudden, the Lord allows a huge storm to rock this boat, okay? They're in danger of all drowning, the ship going to the bottom, and finally, as they're trying to figure out, what did we do to displease the gods that they would do this to them? And he, he finally goes and confesses to the sailors and says, look, the gods aren't mad at you, the one true God is mad at me because of my disobedience. I'm your problem. I'm, I'm the one that's caused the, the situation you're in. So I've provoked God, and he sent this storm, and if you'll toss me overboard, then I'll be dealt with, and you'll be okay. So they tossed him overboard, and when they did that, 
they all got down on their knees, it says, on board their vessel and prayed to the Lord God of Jonah <laughs> because they too understood there's one true God in the middle of these storms. So the, the sailors now had thrown him overboard. They saved themselves and they turned the hand of God and the storm away from them. Then God directed a great big fish that swam up in the storm and swallowed Jonah alive in the ocean. Wow. So he's in the belly of this huge fish. Can you imagine how big this fish must have been? Right? Because Jonah's alive in the belly of a huge fish. He's trapped there, seaweed wrapped around him, and he records his plight. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and God heard me. I was surrounded by water. I mean, he can barely breathe. It's an acid in the fish's belly, and water sloshing in and out, and seaweed everywhere, and it's pitch darkness. In the middle of all that, do you know what Jonah says? He said, God, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. And then he said, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll do whatever it was you asked me to do. I will keep my word. And even now I thank you. You are God all by yourself. So God spoke to the fish, and the fish had to give Jonah up. And the pit had to give him up. And I want to speak about thankfulness. And I want to biblical secrets to happiness. Attitude. There are biblical secrets to happiness. When we learn to be happy, there's no way for us to remain depressed. And there are a lot of people depressed. You just watch what's going on in the culture. Happiness is learning to put on a heart of thanksgiving. Even when you're in the pit of a fish. And the key is learning to put on a thankful heart even when you're in a pit in your life, even when you're surrounded by hell. It looks like nothing is possible to be worked out of your situation. And God says, if you'll give me that voice of thanksgiving, that circumstance that has hold of you, the thing that you have to that has to let you go in order for you to have freedom again. Remember what James said. He said that the tongue is like the rudder of a great ship, and it will guide us one way or another to victory or to defeat. And the wise man recorded and wrote, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we can position ourselves for victory if we put on a heart of thanksgiving in the middle of our mess. And if you're not happy in your life, one of the first things you have to do is check the words of your mouth. Because the things we say will affect our happiness and our direction. And unfortunately in our world, most people today are chronic complainers by nature. Might ask your neighbor, is he talking about you? I don't know. And the more we complain, the worse everything gets. We can complain from now until we're blue in the face. The more we complain, the worse everything gets. So first of all, God wants us to have such faith in him, we stop complaining and we live a life of thanksgiving. The more you complain about your boss, the worse it gets. 
The more you complain about your ex, the worse it gets. God wants you to put on a heart of thanksgiving that he or she is out of your life. Thank the Lord you've got peace. And we in America celebrate a day. We're getting ready to look at the day of thanksgiving. We take that one day and we celebrate things we're grateful and thankful for. But for believers in Jesus Christ, thanksgiving is to be a way of life. Are you listening today? We've let the world around us and the culture bully us. We let them pervert our thanksgivings and our Christmases. We let them steal our joy, and they've muted our conversations and celebration. These devils have slammed us into toning it down when we should have turned it up, and we should always be cranking it up. We're ashamed to outwardly be joyous because they made it hate speech to say, Merry Christmas. Tell everybody you see, Merry Christmas this season. Amen, everybody. Tell them, Merry Christmas. Yes, schools and universities have become sadistic and deranged. Do you see what's going on on our campuses right now? We are in a world where the inmates are running the asylum right now. Mobs attacking stores, atheists defacing nativity scenes, and school board meetings and yelling about Christianity and nativities and we shouldn't have them. This Thanksgiving, let us rebel. Amen? Amen. Instead of just sitting down to a meal, let's enter with thanksgiving and praise. Amen? Let fervent praise come off of our lips and out of our heart. Let's let there be some singing. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy the good things that God has given to us. Let's be joyful and praise the name of the Lord. And when we get past Thanksgiving and Christmas season is around, let's sing the carols and not hide our joy. So much is said today about deliverance from devils and strongholds all around us. Nothing removes devils faster than Christmas carols that are sung about the birth of Jesus Christ. Remember them, learn them, sing them with an attitude. Amen? And wish everyone you can a Merry Christmas. And if you have folk over to your home for Christmas dinner or lunch, ask them to tell you what the Lord has done for them. What has Jesus done in your life? So you may speak with boldness and fervency. It's no longer time for us to be silent. We need to be offering up our thanksgiving like Jonah did even in the middle of hell itself. This is not something we do once a year. Every day. Thanksgiving. And Paul knew how easy it would be for people to forget blessings. So he constantly reminds us in the church to be thankful no matter what we're facing, no matter how tough it gets. Before you gave your life to Jesus, you weren't thankful for much of anything. You took everything for granted self-centered, entitlement mentality. We're seeing a lot of that again today. Now that we belong to Jesus, God expects us to put on a heart of thanksgiving. Well, what does that mean? That means to slip on the mindset of appreciation and gratitude to the Lord. 
You don't have to feel it to do it. You make a choice to do it. The Word says those who are righteous and those who love the Lord, they walk by faith and not by sight. Thanksgiving is walking by faith, not by sight. And when we're thankful in the middle of the pit, we're walking by faith, not by sight. When we're thankful in the midst of hell's onslaught, what we're really saying is, Father, I'm walking in faith, believing you're going to help me, not by my emotions or what I see. And when you're walking by faith, you know God's going to work everything out for your good. You might be going through a bad place, but somehow, some way, God's going to work it out. Say, God's going to work it out. You see, the sin nature is very self-centered. And now that you love Jesus, your new nature should put on a heart of thanksgiving. And no matter who you are, you have more to be thankful for than what you know. Because you could be sick today. You could be sleeping under a bridge right now. You could be in a hospital. You could be in jail. Lazarus was already dead four days, and decay had set in. And Jesus walked into that cemetery, and the first thing he said was, Father, I thank you. Now, he had wept. He was brokenhearted over the loss of his friend. But he turned to the Lord and said, Father, I thank you. I don't know what's dead in your life, but you need to start this morning with, Father, I thank you. There's something about a heart of thanksgiving that will always get God's attention because faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing by what? The Word of God. And when you put on a heart of thanksgiving, you are hearing with your own ears. You are speaking it out of your own mouth. Your faith begins to grow when you have a heart of thanksgiving. Your faith grows into whatever you're speaking about. If you're negative, it grows. It takes faith to be thankful even when everything seems to fall apart. And anybody can be thankful when you've just received what you've been believing for. Anybody can say, thank you, Lord. Anyone can be thankful when you received the raise at work. Anyone can be thankful when everything worked out the way you hoped for it to work out. God's looking for someone who is thankful in the middle of hell and looks up and says, I'm grateful to you because you're going to work out whatever it is I'm facing in this moment. Amen? Be reminded, God takes it personally when we murmur and complain. I didn't know that, Pastor. Well, learn it now. Because that attitude says you don't trust him to govern your life. You have to trust him and believe him. And God calls our murmuring and complaining evil speaking, not just negative. God says it's evil. He says complaining and doubt and unbelief prevent us from receiving the blessings of the Lord. And the key to seeing God's work come forward and bear fruit in our hearts, put on a heart of gratitude. We don't have to feel thankful to be thankful. Being thankful is nothing more than an act of obedience. It's an act of faith. It says, God, I know you're at work. I know it's been tough in my life, but you're at work, and you've got this. You're going to handle this. 
when we are obedient, it causes God to move in, our, in favor in our lives. Am I right in here today? Amen. Amen? You may not be able to change the situation. You may not be able to fix or control what you're dealing with. But when you put on a heart of thanksgiving, it gets you strength to get through it and to manage it. Nothing may change right away in your life, but when it does, it changes your attitude. And that's what needs to change. Even if nothing physically changes, if your attitude changes, that's what we need. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Don't magnify your problems, magnify the Lord. And if you want to know how to get through your mess that you're in, quit talking about the mess and magnify the Lord. Don't magnify your problems by speaking about how bad you have it with all that you're going through. Speak of the goodness of the Lord, how good he's been to you. And if you put on a heart of thanksgiving, it builds your faith. It builds up and edifies your ability to trust God. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. And whatever you speak about starts to increase. If you hate your job, if you hate where you work, keep talking about it. It'll keep getting worse and worse and worse, even in a bad situation. Start talking about how big our God is, and he's greatly to be praised. And all of a sudden, God gets bigger and bigger in your life because whatever you speak about grows. Whatever we speak about increases. When we complain to the Lord about what he's allowing to happen to us or what he's not doing for us, see, he will not do one more thing until we switch gears and start to become thankful for what he's already done. That's a word for somebody to hear and to grab onto today. Father, my children might be acting up, but I thank you they're going to heaven. They're going to make it to the kingdom. They are not going to end up in hell because I'm not letting go until you answer my prayer. And in spite of their behavior, put on a heart of thanksgiving and that demonstrate you have faith in the Lord to get it done. Because it's not natural to say, thank you, Jesus, when there's no more money to pay the bills. That's not natural. It's not natural to be thankful when your life seems to become chaotic. It's not natural to have a heart of thanksgiving when you have a disconnect notice from PG&E. Jonah said, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Put yourself for a moment on the screen of your mind where Jonah was when he made that statement. Okay. He's underwater in the belly of a great fish. He and the crew of that ship nearly all lost their lives that night. He knew he was running in the wrong direction. He knew he was dead wrong for what he had done. And he knew God could exact retribution against him for what he had done. But with a heart of thanksgiving... He called on the name of the Lord and vowed to him, I will do whatever it is you ask me to do. And that'll help somebody in the room here today, right? How can we expect God to move in our lives when we can't be thankful for what he's already done for us this past week? 
you're here breathing and alive in this room today because God's made it possible for you to get through the week you've come through. You can wander in the wilderness if you want to, but if you put on a heart of thanksgiving, you can exit your wilderness. The words we speak determine whether God moves on our behalf or not, whether we stay in the wilderness or we come out of the wilderness. Jesus said, you are justified or condemned by your own words. You can turn your defeated situation around if you will enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. You can turn your attitude around if you give him thanks in the middle of the trial and happiness will return in your life when you quit complaining and murmuring and be full for what God has already provided for you. Amen? Be thankful. And second, if you're a believer, God takes your grumbling and complaining personally. He calls it unbelief. And then he makes another statement. You'll not enter your promised land until you make that change. So you might want to write that down. If you're grumbling and complaining, you can't enter your promised land until you change. Okay? Your promised land is whatever you're believing for. It's not a piece of dirt in Israel. Your promised land is your place of victory, your spot where you're healed, where peace breaks out in your heart, where financial stability has arrived, where relational tranquility is now a part and parcel to your family. You can't enter your promised land until you change the way you are saying and speaking and declaring. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to make some changes in my life in the direction of where I've been headed. Paul said to be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Say what? Let your requests be made known to God. So don't worry about anything, but be grateful and pray about everything with thanksgiving. That's saying to God, I'm trusting you. I'm thanking you in advance with thanksgiving. And don't worry about it. Pray about it. Spend as much energy praying about your situation as you have been worrying about it. Seek God about it and have thanksgiving expressed in your prayer and, and your worship. Worry will steal your thanksgiving. Paul said, don't worry about it. Get your cares cast on the Lord. Let God take care of it. But if you allow worry to start to grab hold of your heart and your emotions, it'll steal your gratitude and you won't be capable of being grateful. Be anxious for nothing. Say it with me. Be anxious for nothing. Okay? Heaven's gates will be closed to you as long as you come before God complaining. That's why we can't wait much longer to start making some changes. We can't walk out of here the same way we walked in. We've got to leave here on our tiptoes, rejoicing in spite of whatever we're facing. We can't leave here the same. We have to put on a heart of thanksgiving today, right? I said today. We need to put on a heart of thanksgiving. 
Now, we have to close the door on the devil in our lives because he's going to come around and reminding you of all the bad stuff that's been happening in your life. And he's going to keep triggering you and upsetting you. And when you start talking negatively and you start complaining, you're opening the door for the enemy to walk in and steal everything you have. He'll take it away from you. All God wants from us is to be obedient to him, to trust him, right? And when he tells us something to do, we should put on a heart of thanksgiving. That's one of the things he requests of us and give him a heart of thanksgiving even when we find ourselves in the pit like Jonah did. And sometimes we're in the pit because of our own choices and our own decisions and our own stubbornness because he's not the first person, nor will he be the last that ended up in the belly of a great fish for his bad choices and bad behavior, right? The heart of thanksgiving is saying, Father, I have such faith in you that even though I'm deserving of where I am right now, I'm still thankful to you. Uh, he's looking for somebody with faith to bless, to show himself mighty in. I have such faith. Even if you, even if you don't have everything you want, even if it doesn't instantaneously happen like we saw it happen on a Sunday night, put on a heart of thanksgiving and say, it's going to happen because I'm asking and I'm seeking and I'm knocking and I'm not going to stop until the answer arrives. And third, thank God for all he's done in your life and then step back and watch him move. How many know there are many things we can complain about in the culture today? Lots of stuff, right? If we choose to, right? Many situations can leave us bitter, cause us to complain, even get angry. Things we criticize and things we really just don't like because they're dead on wrong. They're biblically wrong. They're morally wrong. Listen, people, we can develop a critical spirit. It doesn't take very long to default to that old nature. You can, you can if you want to, but I need regular audiences with God. I don't know about you, but I need regular relationship with the Lord. I need to be able to come before him with a pure heart, right, and clean hands. Who will ascend the holy hill of the Lord? I need to get out of my wilderness. I need to step into my promised land. So I will choose to put on a heart of thanksgiving no matter what it is I'm having to deal with. And sometimes it's not good. You can complain about your job. I'm grateful I can work. Amen. And no matter if your job seems like it's more than you want, be faithful, work hard, be the best you possibly can be. God will bless the work of your hands when you're diligent and faithful. Somehow, some way, he will bless you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Be careful how you're speaking. And don't, don't in, in any way, because you, you find yourself at a crossroads, don't get negative when things don't look like you want them to look like. Some words you speak will bring blessing from the Lord. Some words you speak will bring a curse back on you. You're at a crossroads. Determine the direction and the attitude you're going to take. And the next time you're tempted to complain, God tells you, find something to be thankful for. Because you always can Thank him you have one more day to serve him. 
When's the last time you thanked your physician for taking good care of you? Nobody? Wow. Well, I thank the great physician for taking care of me. And I thank some of his servants on this planet that have taken good care of me. And send them a thank you, an appreciation. You have one more day to serve him. Thank God for your health. Never, nobody wants to leave the doctor's office with a negative report, right? Nobody wants to get a test back and say, uh-oh, this isn't good. How many are grateful, though, that God's given you good reports? And you can walk out with a healthy report. Thank you. Thank him for your health. Thank him for your family. Thank him for your church. Thank him for your spiritual leadership. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he took five loaves and a couple of fish. And what did he do? First out, right again, first thing, he gave thanks to the Father. He immediately showed appreciation. What's the point? If you learn to give thanks in the midst of only having a tiny bit, he will multiply the little that you have and make it work. Jesus only had a few loaves and a couple of fish. And he said, Father, I thank you. And that thanksgiving caused it to multiply. Hear that principle. You can complain that you need reliable transportation. Father wants you to be thankful you've got two legs to pedal a bike. And thank God you can still move them, right? Say, stop complaining. If you'll be happy in your life, stop complaining and change the words in your mouth. Perhaps you've lost everything and you've got little. Perhaps someone has taken advantage of you. Probably everybody here can say that's happened to you. If you begin bragging about God, he'll restore everything you have because he's the God of restoration. He loves to restore what the enemy has stolen. I think about Job how the enemy was permitted to steal everything he had in life, took it all away from him, even, even his reputation, all the income, all the status, all the position, all of it was stolen overnight in 24 hours. Everything evaporated in his life. But he chose not to curse God and chose to trust the Lord and make the statement, when I've come through all of this, I will be as gold. I will have been refined. You are purifying my life in the middle of this test, in the middle of this trial. It's so wicked and it's so bad. The only living person I had left in my life I thought I could depend on, my spouse walked up and said, just curse God and die. Okay? Wow. I didn't leave a whole lot left except the one that he's, he trusted to sustain him. And he said, even if you kill me, I will still trust you and I will still praise you and I will still believe you because I know who you are. And God gave him back twice everything he lost because he never stopped trusting and believing that God would help him one day, right? He'll restore. You can be ungrateful for the apartment you live in. I know people on the street that would be very happy for your apartment. 
You can be ungrateful for your spouse, but there's someone that would be very grateful to have your spouse. And remember to thank God we were born in America and not somewhere else. When you get up in the morning, thank the Lord you were born in the greatest nation ever to be on this planet. Say, I am thankful. thankful. Amen. So many just wander around in life feeling sorry for yourself. Some ought to be in prison for some of the stuff you've done. And you're here in church today. Be thankful. You were sick. You were infirmed. And you didn't die. You're still here. You're on the road to recovery. God's been good to you. Say, I'm still standing. standing. Amen. If we want the windows of heaven to be open in our lives, we've got to have thankful, grateful hearts. Instead of talking about our failures, talk about your victories. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Nothing but asses around me, but I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. So you can murmur, you can complain, you have a choice. But all you're going to do is wander around in the wilderness, murmuring and complaining for the rest of your days. We can turn this thing around today if we change what we say. But as long as we complain, we get to stay right where we are and we don't go forward. And you get stuck. And if you're going through hell, even if it's the most difficult experience you've ever faced, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, right? Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from drugs. Thank you for delivering me out of my past. Thank you for getting me out of that darkness I was involved in. Maybe I found myself in the pit. Maybe I got a bad report, but I still thank you. So what are you grateful for today? What are you grateful for? I've got a lot to be thankful for. I'm grateful for the way the people in this body of believers love Jesus. I'm grateful for the family here, white and black, brown and yellow, all worshiping the Lord. That's what heaven's going to look like. I thank God for the way you love each other and continue to grow in that love and relationship for each other, that God is developing you to be connected with other people in the family of God and that you will continue to grow into the greatest group of people on the face of the earth. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your generosity. Many here have learned to tithe and others are still learning how, but you're quick to give. You're quick to meet the needs of others in the church. Many give right out of faith. I thank God that you're learning to trust him more. Number four, some people are angry at God for the things they don't have. But by faith, you look ahead and say, my best days are still ahead. Maybe you've come through a divorce. Maybe your family has fallen apart. But be thankful God's given you a wonderful church family. My wife says it over and over many, many times. We've traveled. We've moved. We've never lived really near our families, so to speak. Never had that privilege. So church family has been our family. We're grateful. We get to spend eternity with our church family, right? You may not have a turkey, but if you need one, let us know. We've got lots of turkeys around here, and we'll be sure to give you one, right? It's an attitude. 
I'm serious. If you don't have a turkey, let us know. We'll get you one, right? Be thankful. God's given you a new beginning in life. And God tells you to pray about everything with thanksgiving. Pray over the big things with thanksgiving. Pray over the little things with thanksgiving. A lot of people neglect to do that. Well, I can do this. I can handle it. No. Pray about everything. Pray over the in-between things. If you're not happy, check your words. What am I saying? Because happiness isn't determined by how fat the bank account looks. Happiness doesn't depend on everything going well and perfectly in life because it doesn't. Happiness is an attitude, but must be willing to make some changes and change the stuff I'm saying. And I've seen people physically healed simply by putting on a heart of gratitude and begin to worship the Lord in the midst of their pain, even on their deathbeds, and watch miracles begin to happen and answers to prayer turn everything around simply because they change their attitude. I think of Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, which was a very worthy, straight-shooting prophet of God, one of the best ever in history, walks in and says, get everything ready in your family. You're going to die. Turns around and walks off. Leaves the king sitting there like, okay? But in the middle of that, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he begins to cry to the Lord. And he appeals to God and thanks him and expresses his faith in him and his trust in him and reminds God, I can't do you any good if I'm in the hole in the ground, but if you'll give me another shot, Lord. I promise you I'll serve you. And God listened to his prayer and said, I'm granting you 15 more years to live. I'll heal you because you've come with the right attitude, right? Right attitude. I've seen worries fly out the window simply because people said, Lord, I thank you. Are you willing to give up the whining and the complaining and put on a heart of thanksgiving and watch God go to work in your life? See, we're not thankful for our trouble, but we have a heart of thanksgiving in spite of our trouble. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. That's the way we should be postured. And pastor, I hate my job. Be careful what you're saying. Put on a heart of thanksgiving and trust him. Be thankful you've got a job. No matter how hard I try, I can't get ahead. Begin confessing, my God is meeting all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is teaching me how to live. This check, Lord, may not be much that I received this week. But all my needs are met, and I've got more than enough. Give no place to the devil. Change what you're saying, because complainers get clobbered. Negative talking brings negative results. 
and negative talk, all it does is glorifies your adversary, glorifies the devil. So the next time you're tempted to complain, don't give your life over to misery by talking about how difficult you've got it. Confess your thankfulness to the Lord. He's going to make it come together. And watch God work on your behalf because miracles are released when we are grateful. So your next miracle is going to show up when you put on a heart of thanksgiving. As we get into the Christmas season, I think of the characters. Pay a little more attention to them of Christmas. An angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, told him, you're going to have a son. Zacharias didn't believe the word of the Lord because he was too busy checking out my age. It's not possible. How's that going to work? That can't come to pass. He begins to shrug his shoulders and cop an attitude with an angel of the Lord. Probably not a smart thing to do. So the angel of the Lord shut his mouth until the baby was born. You're not going to say another word. I don't want to hear any more out of you because everything that you have to say is going to be negative. So that's the way you want to be? Shut up. Okay? Not another word out of you. And you're going to stay that way until I bring to pass what God has promised. So, finally the baby boy is born. And of course they want to follow the lineage and the actions of the culture. Probably name him after his dad or his granddad. And that was culturally correct to do that. So they're all asking, what are we going to name him? What are we going to and he says, um, can't speak. He motions for a tablet, something to write on. And he writes down on the tablet, name him John. <laughs> the minute he confessed what he was supposed to have confessed from the day he was given the message, his ability to speak came back. The angel of the Lord had shut Zachariah's mouth until his son was born because the angel knows the power of our words. You can prevent what God wants to do. So be careful what you're saying because your words can stop, prevent the work of the Lord. God has some confessions, prevent the work of the Lord. God has something all lined up, but negativity stops it from manifesting. Number five, Jesus said you'll be justified or condemned by your words. I say to you, that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That's pretty straight stuff. That'll make everybody swallow hard this morning. How many idle words have you spoken? How many times have you said something and you wish, eh, probably shouldn't have said that? I'm going to give an account of that. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Do you realize it's your words that will send you either to heaven or to hell? Your words condemn you or set you free. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, right? If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, right, you will be saved. Get this matter of gratefulness settled. Because if something negative begins to come out of you, catch yourself, rewind, 
I repent and change that confession. The children of Israel were negative and they wouldn't change. They kept on being negative. Because of that, they never made much progress. God loved them. God took care of their needs. God made sure they were fed and watered every day. But they never got to enter the promised land in that generation. And that'll be your story if you don't change your negative speech. And if you need healing, quit saying, I don't know if Jesus is going to heal me. Start saying, he is my healer. He bore my sicknesses. He carried away my diseases. By his stripes, I am healed. You don't look healed. I don't have to look healed. He said, I am healed. You thank God he's already done it for you. And thank him he's bigger than the problem. Death and life and the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? When you complain, you're going to eat what you say. And when you put on a heart for thanksgiving, you will eat what you say. Your whole attitude will change when you change how you frame it. The enemy loves it when you complain. Always is always quick to respond to that because you're going to get what you say. Satan loves it when you complain. Remember, because he doesn't have to plan your destruction, you'll self-destruct. The children of Israel miss their destiny because constant murmuring. We don't like this. We want this kind of flavor. This flavor is not satisfying us. And we want more water. And, and that's leader you gave us. And the children of Israel missed their destiny and because they were ungrateful for the blessings of God. They kept wandering and wandering. And Don't wait until God moves to be thankful. Be thankful now. Faith in Jesus is grateful in advance. Not after. Faith says in advance, I'm thankful. And if it pleases God, when you put on a thankful heart, shouldn't that be what we're doing today? Look at your valley of dry bones and prophesy over them. You will live. It looks impossible when you see it in the natural, but sometimes you have to prophesy in the valley, you will live. And God says in the middle of the test, Put on a thankful heart. And the reason God wasn't pleased with Israel were their constant complaint. So if you're ungrateful, God's not going to move the way you want him to. If you're in a test and you're in pain, it doesn't look good, it's not working out, what will you do in the test? What did Jonah do in the test? Say, it's a test. You can see your whole situation turn around if you get your attitude turned around by putting on a thankful heart. You can change your attitude if you begin to state, the Lord has been good to me. Say it. The Lord has been good to me. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just in the good moment, not just in the victory moment, not just when it's gone the way I've prayed for, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you put on a heart of thanksgiving, you won't have to worry about binding the devil and binding that devil. You're going to bind him just by the words you speak. Thankfulness in itself comes against demons and strongholds. Warfare is being able to say, 
what God's Word says. And quit texting your friends and complaining about your life. You know what just happened? You know what he just said? And stop complaining. Well, it's getting worse. No, you need to close your mouth. Get your fingers off the keys, right? And slap yourself and say, make a change. Make a change. And finally, quit complaining. Put on a heart of thanksgiving and begin talking about the goodness of the Lord. Say it with me. The Lord has been good to me. Quit talking about the things you don't have. Start thanking God for what you do have. You might be in a mess, but I'm going to go back to school. And God will use your actions going back to school to make things get better in your life. We've got some people in the room that they were kind of stuck where they were in the level of their work. And they decided, I'm going to go take these courses and go through the process and pass what they ask of me and position myself for some better career. Because even though I'm stuck where I am, I'm still thanking God and I still see a future if I'll just get on with God's plan for my life. Put on a heart of thanks. And if listen, if you're used to getting everything just handed to you, you really won't be a grateful person. If you're spoiled and you take everything for granted and you have an entitlement mentality, well, they owe me because I'm breathing air. Nobody owes you anything for breathing air. When I start thanking God, he'll take care of me. Don't be a part of an end-time church that's ungrateful and not thankful for the goodness of God. Jonah refused to obey the Lord. Landed in the belly of a great big fish. Fortunately, he didn't lose his life for what he had done. What does that mean to us? Disobedience will land us in the pit of hell in life. When he said, Lord, I will pay my vow. I will give you thanksgiving in the middle of my mess. Then what had a hold of Jonah had to let him go. So whatever has hold of you today, if you'll put on a heart of gratitude, that thing holding you will have to let you go. So no matter what you're facing, if you begin to give God praise at all times, the thing that has you bound, it will have to let you go because there's something about thanksgiving that brings deliverance in your life. Wow. So Jonah hustled up on the seashore out of the mouth of that fish, and he headed in the direction of Nineveh as fast as his legs could carry him. And as soon as he got there, he delivered the message of God. If you don't repent, this whole place will be destroyed. And he thought, well, they're not going to listen to me. He said, look at me. I'm a mess. I'm a scare. I'm, they're scared to look at me and the condition I'm in. They won't heed the words I said. But lo and behold, they heard what Jonah said. And from the king all the way down to the animal kingdom, they wore sackcloth and ashes, which means we're repenting. We're all sorry. And God turned and instead of punishing them, blessed the city of Nineveh and gave them a reprieve. So remember this. You're waiting on God 
to act, to bring relief. God's waiting for you to put on a heart of obedience and thanksgiving. So stand to your feet and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say, come on, thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. You've been good to me. It's better than I ever would have deserved. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Instead of running out the door, stand to your feet and praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. While you're standing, I want you to do something some of you have never done before. Shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph and say, Lord, I'm going to give you the sacrifice of thanksgiving in the middle of what I'm facing. I'm going to praise you. I will say you've been good to me. I'm grateful for one more day that you've been good to me. Amen? Take a moment and do it. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. With the voice of thanksgiving. We bless you and we praise you. We are grateful for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord. What a good God. And I will bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, I will bless his awesome and wonderful name. Amen. Who has forgiven all my sins? You ought to put your foot down right there, pivot toward God, and say, thank you, because there was nothing I could do to repay you, nothing I could do to fix it, nothing I could do to buy my way out of this, but you have given me a reprieve. So I bless you, O my soul, and all that is within me for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. It's the kind of God we know all he wants from us is a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving and appreciation. God's done so many miracles across this body of believers in this room that we couldn't count them all. I saw Sean Somerville in church this morning. We're grateful, thankful for recovery. Praise you, Jesus. I see people who've had miracles happen. You've celebrated some of those miracles, anniversaries of miracles. Put it on your calendar because you never wanted to forget the day, the moment, when everything looked like it was caving in and going down, God turned it. That's the way he worded it for Job. And then God turned the captivity of Job. He was trapped. And God turned it. And God's the God that will turn it for you. And he was praying for his friends at that time. Job wasn't feeling sorry for himself. He could have. It would have been easy to do it, justifiably, in the human sense. But he was praying for others. God took note of that man's attitude. He said, watch what I'm going to do. It's like that. Thank you, Jesus. Eyes are closed. Just a moment. Praise Him. Thank you. Worship Him.
you're here today, say, Pastor, that, that was for me. I needed that. Just lift your hand and say, I needed that. I needed to hear that. That was something I needed to apply to my life. Thank you, Jesus. And others in the room, maybe you've never come to an understanding of the great love God has for you. Maybe people have painted a picture of him, just the one side of him, the justice side of him. And there is that side of him. No one's going to tell you there isn't. There is. But you've never heard of the love of God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you, but through him you might be saved, to rescue you, to bring you home. So with eyes closed, if you need a new, new start and a new life, a new future, you're tired of dragging through this life with the load and burden of guilt, struggle, nothing ever seems to go right, Today you're going to lay it all at the feet of Jesus. Ask him to forgive you and come into your life and change your direction. Just slip your hand up right now and say, I'm ready. Count on me. I need that in my life today. I need redemption. I need forgiveness. I need a new life. Come on, put it up. You know you need to. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. That's right. I see it back there. Thank you. Just hold it up a little higher. So... One of my pastors can get back there to, to pray with you and to help you make sure that what happens in the next few moments brings you to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Anywhere else in the room, anywhere else, get that hand lifted. Say, I get to make a fresh start. It'll be the best Thanksgiving Christmas you've ever experienced in your life. If you're here today, want Jesus to change you. This is the moment. If you're at home or somewhere on a screen watching this service, you can pray a prayer with us that we're going to all pray together in just a second and come to a knowledge of forgiveness too. So say, Father, thank you for your son Jesus. In fact, I want to say thank you again that you're willing to forgive me I don't deserve it, but you love me, and I'm grateful. Wash away my sins, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, and I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord Jesus Christ who died for me and rose again and covered my sin debt. And now I am born again. I am a new creation. And I'm grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.